Uh, I, I want a donut. I don't want a donut hole. I want your donut hole. <laughs> it's not good. Stinks <sighs> a little. <laughs> I wish she could. She's really loud. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Nobody is home but me, so I'd have to stop the podcast, chase the dog around, <laughs> try to get it to stop barking. Um, yeah, she's just somewhere now. She was good a second ago. Now she's going to bark. Can you hear her now? Is it, yes, yes. Ah. It, in fact, it's deliberately timing its barks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm completely powerless about it. So uh, let's just enjoy that. Let's enjoy it for what it is. It's not really enjoyable. Some will like it. Idiots. I've found that <laughs> Idiots will like there, it. there are many, many different uh, preferences out there. Some people will like this the most. This will be considered the greatest pod toy of all time to some. Just the barking dog one. It's not going to stop. I'll be honest. I'm I'm finding it distressing. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm finding it very distressing. Yeah? The, dark, the yeah. dog barking? Yeah, it's ruining my life. <laughs> in many in many ways, uh, actually. Um, had a whole intro planned, but th- that... <laughs> That's long gone. Yeah, we're, we're doomed. Well forget that. I do my best. Uh, normally, my wife... Well, that's not true. I, I normally ask my wife to help with the dog on pod toy days and also sup homes days. But I think she's annoyed about it and then just doesn't sometimes. So I have no idea where she is. And uh, she'll be home sometime and then she'll help with the dog. Maybe. But she she doesn't understand. I tell her like thousands of people listen to the show. It's like a it's just picture me on stage with thousands of people and then a dog starts barking. That would stink, right? She's like, yeah, yeah. Well, un- unless it was dog play time. Dog play, uh, as, like as a, part of mm-hmm. Val Kilmer's family Thanksgiving <laughs> showdown. Uh, that I want you to chase a dog, and that that dog can be as loud as it wants. But when we're doing fun, happy pod toy time, is your apartment just one room? Uh, uh, no, I'm very far away from the dog now. That's the thing. I could close doors to separate me from the dog, but then the dog would bark very loud at the door and scratch at the door until I opened it. That would still probably be better than the dog being in the room barking. Oh, the dog wasn't in the room barking just now. It was like three rooms away. Jesus Christ. It's a very loud dog, yeah. How do you live? How do you exist? (laughs) That would drive me mental. Uh, what can you do? You know, it was not my idea to get a dog. My wife very badly wanted a dog. I said, I don't think it's a good idea because I don't want one and uh, they're hard to take care of. But then she said, oh, well, I guess they're going to bring them to the kill shelter then. <laughs> so I was like, I guess we have a dog now. And we did. And it's I like the dog. It's fine. You get used to it. 
but uh, it was a pain. Respects and... for the tactic. Yeah. To, to get the dog. Um, I'm furious that you got a dog. As, without consulting me, first off, either of you over there getting a dog without asking if I'm okay with this and I'm ready for the responsibility. Um, but I, I, I'm i there. Um, Alex is trying to get a fucking bulldog. Oh, wow. Uh, which would be kind of awesome because yeah. that is an awesome dog to have just plodding around being a bulldog. <laughs> but... As with everything, it'll be me, the chump, saddled with looking after it. Uh, and then I'd have to cut that thing's throat as well as the many children. <laughs> and there ain't much room left in the backyard for any more uh, happy accidents. So welcome to Podtoid, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. Uh, I'm your effervescent host, Jim Sterling. And I'm here with uh, the... Zesty co-host Jonathan Holmes. Hello, Jonathan. You zesty, zesty peanut. <laughs> I don't like most zest. I don't mind a zesty scent, but a zesty taste is uh, usually too strong. You know, yeah. Like a spicy peanut. Mm, uh, no Conrad this week. I don't know why. Funeral. Oh, sorry to hear that. I, I don't know what it is he's gone for. <laughs> uh, I assume funeral. Uh, no, I think he's moving house with... He's moving in with Jordan. Oh, that's right. Now. Um, so they're going to live together, uh, which begs the question, when are you and I going to move in together? Get rid of the dog? I'll... In, in the words of a racist Kia Aura advert from the United Kingdom, I'll be your dog! <laughs> Who said that? Please explain that advertisement. Maybe about five listeners will get that. Ah, it's too orangey for crows. <laughs> it's too uh, orangey for crows. For crows, it, Kia Ora. It's an orange drink, orange fruit drink. Um, and the commercial, which when I was a child, it was on TV like it was no problem, uh, which sh- should say a lot. Uh, little black fella, little black boy. Like, we're talking jet black. Mm. Like, no light will escape his surface black. Like, that cartoon big lip mm-hmm. straw hat. The proper racist stereotype. Um, like you'd expect in a cartoon from the 40s, not something shown in the late 80s. Uh, and he's just plodding along with a key. Is it a cartoon or a real human It's board? an animated. It's animated. Oh, so, okay. that's what I'm saying. Like, pure black. Like, right. blacker than any human ever actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's plodding along his oh. Kia Aura. Kia Aura. And he wants to drink it, and the crows want <laughs> Sorry. I'm, th- I'm trying to think of a plan. I can't whistle very well. Dog! Dog! Woo! Come here! Come here, dog! No, doesn't care at all. Maybe if I... You're sounding very much like the Tom and Jerry intro from the later Tom and Jerry intros, when Tom would appear in the circle of the O in Tom and go... Oh, yeah, that was good. 
It was working too until you started talking. <laughs> Tell that dog to stop barking when I'm doing like latter day Tom and Jerry theme juice. <laughs> if I meow a little bit longer, we might be able to get the dog to come in the room, and then I can. Oh yeah, it's coming. Come here. Oh, I've got a big butt. Look at my butt. I'm shaking my butt around for the dog. It's That's staring. Obvious. Oh, I've got a treat. Oh, blah blah blah. Words and sounds. I thought I had one. Oh yeah, look. Ooh, yum yum. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, now I've got the dog. Okay, we're we're in shape now. Brilliant. If I cuddle now snap the neck. dog, <laughs> if I cuddle the dog the whole time. So tell me about this commercial for orange soda. So it's a I'm just an orange squash cordial, uh, I believe. You add water to it, dilute it, and then have a drink. Um, but anyway, so we've got this boy. Um, plodding along with his Kiora, and a crow wants it. I can't remember that bit. Um, but a crow, it's like, and these, these, he's like proper stereotype. I want a drink, and and the kids goes, it's too orangey for crows. It's just for me and my dog, and he's there with a dog. And then the crow's like, I'll be your dog, and then. The boy walks along, and then just a long, long procession of crows are just following him, going, oh, 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 doing barking, and one of them's playing basketball, and another one's like, um, a, just a Aunt Jemima-type stereotype with a big dress with something on her head, doing hip-shaky dance with her fat bootay. And then that's the advert. It's just a long line of racist crows. <laughs> What do you think it? What does it mean? Because those that commercial was for Caucasians, I presume. I'm assuming. Well, it was in Britain, so yeah. So it was for you know everyone, including the Caucasians. Science. Sure. So they thought, oh, the Caucasians will be like that was what uh, that was good. Yeah. I want that now. Is that what they were thinking? I mean, thinking, you were thinking or, hmm? taken very literally. It's saying Kia Aura is so good. Birds will. Birds will feign a different species to trick boys into letting them drink it. Right. Um, beyond that, I think the general message is, aren't black people funny? Oh. Sometimes, because I don't always think things are racist that other people think are racist, and sometimes I am right, and sometimes I am just oblivious that there is an, a, a, race, a, racial, a racially charged mockery going on. Because I'm just like, oh yeah, sometimes black people have dark skin and walk. You, your point? Like, I don't notice that I'm supposed to be offended by that. But then I find out other people are laughing at it and saying, oh, black people look funny and haha. I'm like, oh, I had no idea you would. So I'm uh, blissfully ignorant sometimes as to how racist people laugh at racial stereotypes maybe you are living the best life some would say maybe some would you say are living the best life came up in ridiculous fishing i don't know you remember ridiculous fishing oh yeah i've been playing ridiculous fishing it's pretty fun you know how you go to the shop yeah the shopkeeper is uh, a Vietnamese boat shopman, and he's got a Vietnamese boat shopman hat. And some have said racist. Uh-huh. And I was like, I wasn't, I don't think they intended 
for you to think, oh, well, all Vietnamese boatmen wear those hats. And even if they did, I don't know how that generalization is saying anything negative about the character. But maybe some people like went, ha, 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 Asian hat. Oh, they're so stupid. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, that, that's one controversy that passed me by. Mm, there's um, so many controversies. It's hard to keep up. There are a lot. Yes. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to keep up. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh. I don't know. But you do. I guess they say ignorance is bliss and maybe having a more innocent view of the world uh, makes you a happier man. It does. Uh, and it's also, you know, the, I have suffered racial discrimination at times. And it's usually not, I don't know, it's meaner. It's more hostile than just laughing at like a butt shaking around. (laughs) It's usually like you F and N or some other word. And then, you know, we won't, you you know, you suck. All girls think you're gross because you look like blah, blah, blah. And you can only date this girl because she looks like she's kind of like in your race. and blah blah. Uh, It's usually not just... Hey, I want some soda. You know, that's seems so. Benign. Yeah, I do imagine it would have been different if if the boy wasn't drinking Kiora and was instead trying to marry a white girl, <laughs> and instead of a crow, there's just a man with a big mustache saying, "What do you think you're doing, boy?" <laughs> that- yeah, that I would have picked up on yeah. right away. Yeah, just. Um, unfortunately, no. It's... Who knows? Uh, but unfortunately, Jonathan, <laughs> yeah. uh, your innocent view of the world is finite. Terminal, in fact. Uh, your your happy ignorance, your blissful ignorance, and I don't mean that in an insulting way, um, willful, it's, it's a choice, but mm. some choices are, are, are unmade. And it's not our choice to unmake them. Okay. What does that mean? It means you're going to be learning a lot of secrets about the world and how the world works uh, through me. Because you and I are forming a secret society. Like the Illuminati? Uh, Very much like the Illuminati. I was watching a documentary uh, the other day, on Monday, uh, about secret societies. It's on Netflix. I think it's just called Secret Societies. Uh, David Icke was on there, the old man who thinks lizards are taking over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were talking about the Illuminati, which is the spider that controls the web of the Skull and Bone Society and the Freemasons and the Binderberg Group. And I want a piece of that action. <laughs> How do you just start one? Uh, I, it's I think tough. You, I think you announce it on Twitter, which is what I did. <laughs> I just said, I am now in the Brotherhood of Chungus. Oh, and obviously, okay, as, soon as, subtle... as soon as I decide I'm doing something, naturally my thought turns to, well, Jonathan should be doing it more than me, if anything. Oh, yeah, how do I do it? What do you do? Uh, well, first of all, we've got to get the uniform, like hooded clothes, robes and cowls. And I've got some, but I've noticed a design flaw with them. Because you, uh, Patriarch Constantina, will be wearing a mesh cowl 
And that doesn't work. A mesh cowl. Mesh, because, yeah. <laughs> you can uh, see, see me right through, through it. it. All sure. the way through it. Your face and nipples. Oh, Put just on my the, face and nipples? Yeah, because we'll be on our knees, heads but lowered. Just, oh, freaky Constantino, put on your mesh robe. And then you put on the mesh robe, and then we're just like, well, we can... That, that's that's done nothing. That's just like the Predator's vest from the film Predator, but over the head as well. He is wearing a little vest. He does wear a little vest. He, In many ways, Predator is wearing a mesh tank top. In many ways. It, he technically is. There He's is got mesh on. Fight. Yeah. yeah do true. it. So my question is, if the Predators can do it, why can't you? Because the Predators are sexy, alien, crab-faced warriors. And I am a, a out-of-shape, headed towards 40, sleepy, <laughs> unenthused, busy, working man, you see. Right. Looks terrible in a mesh tank top. I'm what? hairy. Hairy. All that hair would come out of the mesh and it would look like a funny little like purple I'm assuming it's a purple mesh tank top. Uh like uh the like the ground is purple and the, the grass is my hair. Yeah. It's just a disgusting forest of purple and man hair. So what you're saying is you'd make an excellent predator. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm thinking Bob Marley wig, you can get it from a costume shop. Mm. Get the dreadlocks. Uh, mesh tank top, obviously. Uh, Loincloth. And get a... <laughs> go into a Walmart, go to the seafood section, and get a Dungeness crab, and just duct tape that over your mouth. And then you just run around Walmart, just going... <laughs> I can't do the fast click it does, so I'm just going to go... That's a pretty good click. How'd you click like that? Was that, that a throat throat hold? Throat motion? Tongue. Oh, it's the tongue. I'm working the tongue. Oh. Ugh. Not the throat. Gotcha. There are, you know, it, it, it all depends on preference as to what's better. True. In that element. You've been to PAX, sir. Oh, yes. I was at PAX East this mm. past weekend. Have a good weekend. Did anyone give you my special greeting? I don't think so. God damn it, Podsweed listeners. What is it? What was it? I put off Bioshock Infinite for you bastards last week. And even then people were moaning, oh, it's only an hour and a half long. <laughs> I, I mean, holy fuck. And <laughs> I think it was even, just an hour long, to their credit. I think so. They can't even do one thing for me. What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to hail you as the king of scarlet sex on your throne of Nord shafts. No, nobody said that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Why do I go out of my way to work for the people? And the people can't go out of their way. Not even out of their way. They've just got to terrorize you a little bit, which they should be more than happy to do. One guy tried to annoy me, so I left. And he felt like we bonded, and I felt like he was a turd <laughs> that I walked around and was like, well, I saw it and I smelled it, but I didn't get it on my shoe, so I'm gone. Uh, other than that, everyone was very nice. People, one guy was like, he was right on the fence. He was like, I, 
I think I should annoy you, <laughs> but I don't. I'm like, well, do you want me to like you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, do you like me? He's like, uh-huh. I'm like, then don't don't annoy me. Just say hi and talk. He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Blowing his mind. Uh, he wasn't, he was really, he had a very hard time deciding, but then he decided to just be a pal. And then we were pals. That's very good. nice. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want people actually making your life bad, Jonathan. I know, but they think they they uh someone recently described it was someone on Twitter, I can't remember their names. Someone I think it was uh Adrian. He said pod toy listeners are just misled. And I'm like, "No, no. Because they take things often much farther than you would ever lead them to do. You're just having a laugh, a goof." You're just, goofing with a pal. Just a harmless chuckle. Jonathan. Yeah. They were really like, the, the one guy who was trying to annoy me is like, should I stab you? And I'm like, no. No, stranger. This isn't fun or funny to like maybe really stab me. Do you think I'm going to like you at all? It was, it was a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, he was lost. And his friend was very embarrassed for him. He was with a guy who was just staring at him. Being like, why are you talking about stabbing a stranger? <laughs> and then I left. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Good oh. Yeah. Oh, East though. Oof. Good for him. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah. It was so so busy, and I feel always feel an intense pressure to make the most of everything that could possibly happen. I'm still kicking myself for not playing that drunken robot pornography game and interviewing those guys, because that game looked really neat. Um, yeah, a lot of games, so many games. It's really more so than last year. It's a place where people feel very optimistic that people are going to like their weird out of the shadows, uh, stuck in the corner game. And, uh, and they're right. People end up do liking them. The weirdest games were getting huge crowds around them. Like, uh, dive kick. You heard about dive kick, Jim? Uh, the name is familiar. Uh, it is a game. It started off as a joke. It's the the main designer of it is Adam Hart. He is a champion level Marvel Marvel versus Capcom and Tatsunoku versus Capcom uh, fighter. So he, he knows fighting games very well. He's very in the community. Um, and Street Fighter. I don't know if you knew this. Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition, Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition. Uh, two characters became well, really just Yun. Uh, Yun became very popular because he's got this move called the dive kick and it's very high priority and there's a lot of reasons why he was popular but he's got a move where you just jump in the air and press down and I think medium kick and he comes down at an arc oh it's actually any of the kick buttons long story short dive kick became all people did in Street Fighter it would just be dive kick versus dive kick match and it got very boring so he decided to make a game where all you can do is jump and dive kick it's a two-button fighting game. There's no controller. It's just two <laughs> buttons. And he was like, yeah, this will be good for a joke. It's actually an awesome game. And it was drawing huge crowds. Uh, and they were live streaming it. The, the live stream views are very good. There's tournaments going. Um, that's the kind of thing that couldn't happen, I don't think, at E3 or, or at, at other shows. Divekick could suddenly become the star. Uh, but it did. It was really funny, too. It's, a, it's an interesting game because if you hate fighting games or you are put off by them because the, the controls are really complicated, um, 
this isn't a problem. You just jump and kick and just try to do it at the right time. It sounds like a fighting game I could actually play. You might love it. You might love it. It it, it levels the playing field and makes it all about fun strategies, uh, not so much about dialing in combos or, or being able to pull off all these physically difficult uh, to pull off moves. It's uh, it's fun. There are multiple characters too. There's like a skunk man and a, a, a chubby gentleman named Doctor Shoals and um, like a green haired nurse. They're just kicking each other. Oh, there are special moves though. Like if you uh, one guy, if he presses both buttons together, he can duck. <gasps> yeah. Good. yeah 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 it, uh, it's funny i thought anyway so yeah pax east so much stuff happening ducktales was there ducktales. do you care about the ducktales jim <laughs> do you are you excited about ducktales what Ooh-woo. do you think <laughs> do you, you, you get that i do a woohoo do, mm-hmm. do you get it what yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all for it. I was, I was looking at it. I saw the announcement. I thought well, that's pretty neat. And then when I found out the original voice actors were coming back, that's when I got really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the first time, it'll be a, a voice acted Ducktales Woo-hoo! game. <laughs> it's it's Pavlovan. I can't help it. Yeah, no, you, you're you're right there with the rest of the world. They had a big sing along at PAX. And it's actually uh, Austin Ivansmith, who has been on Subholmes before and listens to the show, I think, fairly regularly. Oh, Talks about you quite a bit. Yeah. he's. Oh, I believe he's directing it. So I'll be asking him some specific questions about that pretty soon. Well, then he needs to put in Podtoid stuff in the game. <laughs> he should have Scrooge McDuck come out and say, Oh, I've got a great big boner. Come and suck I'll come out with my bonnet, Jonathan Holmes. Me? Yeah, and the whole game is 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 you come out and you're like, oh, I can't wait to suck this duck's boner. Oh, no. uh, suck a duck boner, it says on the screen. It just flashes, suck a duck boner, suck a duck boner, boom, ba ba boom, ba boom, ba ba boom, ba suck a duck boner, suck a duck boner, boom, ba ba boom, 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 ba ba boom, boom. It's a big deal. Um, for the thing, and then uh, uh, oh god, and and uh, Scrooge McDuck puts his hands on his hips and goes, ha, 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 ha. "My erection is gonna come in your face," and then you get on your knees and it's sucker duck boner, mash X as fast as you can, and then you have to mash the button like track and field, <laughs> two buttons actually, track and field, one one to put your head forward, one to put your head back. And your head goes up and down, up and down, up and down on on his big feathery penis. And at times, there's like fast action quick time events because sometimes you'll get a feather caught in your throat and you'll be all like, I'm choking on your feathery dick. And then you have to press the trigger button to hock the the feather out and cough it up and then go back to it. Suck a duck boner, suck a duck boner, boom, 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 suck a duck boner, suck a duck boner, boom, 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 suck my boner, suck my boner, boom, 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 lucky time. It's going to be a new pod toy hit, what you just did. There were some really nervous pod toy fans at PAX who wanted to tell me right away that like we like you we don't want to hurt you there was a lot of that of like uh, approaching me like i was a ptsd victim and just being like you're in a safe space it's going to be okay we're not like those other guys um but they talked for a long time about how they have a friend at their work 
who they feel might like Podtoid too much. Oh dear. Because you'll be in public places at work. I, I didn't catch what they do for work, but with, you know, all types, not just Podtoid listeners. And it'll be like, remember that time that Jim was talking about Jonathan sucking on a skeleton dick? Yeah, yeah, I love that part. Oh, remember when he said that he had to suck that dick? Yeah, yeah, it's so funny, it's so funny, it's so funny, suck that dick, suck that skeleton dick. It's for, for a long time. They're like, yeah, we tell him like to try to chill it out, to like, you know, maybe not do it in front of the customers, but he's just screaming about the he loved his favorite parts of Pod Toy. He can't contain it. He's I'm like, how old is he? Nineteen. I was like, whoa, nineteen. I was thinking maybe he was like, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I had no idea what age. It could have been anything from five to fifty-five, I guess. Um, so you have an effect on people, Jim. If I go into a shop, mm. maybe if I'm buying clothes, like a fancy hat. Mm-hmm. And the person at the store shouts, suck that skeleton dick at Just me. Yourself, yeah. I will personally give them $10. <laughs> but it's got to be in a workplace, and they've got to be working there. You can't just come up to me at, like, Screw Attack or Escapist or PAX or wherever else I'll be this year and just shout, suck a skeleton dick at me, because I won't give you money. No. no you've got to you've gotta risk being fired. <laughs> In exchange for my princely $10, which you can spend on anything. Work money, you have to spend on bills and food. But this $10 is extra, so that's the the gamble. My job versus the $10. I think it's worth it for, for life experience. For looking back on things and knowing that you really oh, took yeah. a bite out of that pie, you know? I mean, if if you go to your next job and they say, why were you fired? And you say, because I shouted, suck a skeleton dick. Well... Uh, I think most businesses will respect the go-get-you attitude. <laughs> I don't think go-get-you is a phrase in business. It should be. Yeah. It's not go-get-him. It's go-get-you. Go-get-you. Go-get-him. Get-him. Yeah. They just want you to get him. Just get them up. <laughs> For God's sake. Um, it was good. I'm glad well, that you had fun at PAX. Yeah, I had a pretty good time. I was stressed. The The sound... Most of the sound didn't seem to come out on the whole second day's uh, videos. And I just figured out a problem fix for that now. I think we can get it to work. But Conrad is busy. There's no one to to really help edit the videos. So I don't know what's going to happen. There's still like 20 to be uploaded or something. I I tried to talk to everybody. There was a, a series called Talk Fast where I thought I'll make the most of this by just trying to get everyone to talk at least a little bit at every booth. So I tried to talk to everyone in a very short-form interview style. And uh, some of them are going over pretty well, but some of them are not being watched by people. I don't know why. Uh, the people who watch them seem to like them. I guess people just aren't necessarily interested in Luftrausers. Do you know about Luftrausers, Jim? That, again, is a name I recall, although it might have just been from seeing it on Destructoid's schedule. Yeah, probably. It's uh, more and more apparent to me, and you you know this very well, but people have limited time, so they want to use that time to read about or watch videos about stuff they already have an uh, affinity for, some affection for. 
they, they don't necessarily want to watch videos about stuff they've never ever heard of because they think, oh, even if it's like a minute and a half video, there's like, oh, I don't know, I'll just go watch something about something I already know about. So uh, the videos that are about games that are either brand new or kind of obscure seeming definitely do worse. Which always makes me sad because that's the opposite of me. I, I always want to know about as much new stuff as I can. And if there's games I already know about, I'm less likely to, to read about them or be as interested because... Uh, it's knowledge already obtained. Don't need it again. Uh, speaking of knowledge, I can't believe what Kojima did. Did you see it? The uh, reveal. Sort of. What did he reveal? Still trying to figure it out. Uh, a garbage song. There's a song <laughs> by Garbage in the trailer. Uh, the trailer, of course, being for Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. It but really then, is hard to not follow that up with Menace. Just out it's, of habit. It's very, very confusing. He was wearing bandages as Joachim uh, Mogren, I think the name was, the fake name. Yeah. Then he took them off and said, yes, uh, Phantom Pain is Metal Gear Solid Five, but not... Ground Zeroes, Metal Gear uh, Solid Ground Zeroes plus the Phantom Pain equals Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. Goodbye. That's, that's the point you just kind of slap him. <laughs> Shut up. You excellent game developer. Brilliant mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. Also pretentious fool. Jester. Well, Shut up. I feel... I just get a, ever since Metal Gear Solid, I'd say even three, I've gotten the sense that he doesn't want to make Metal Gear games, really. So he's trying to screw them up or just screw with us out of irritation, but then it just makes the games more interesting and uh, funny to me. Metal Gear is definitely mostly a comedy to me. Those games make me laugh really hard, especially three. That's a fun and funny game. But anyway... uh. Yeah, do you think uh, Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain are the same game, or is it going to be like a as far as I could one, tell, two or yeah? What do you think? The last I read about it, basically, it's it's one game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is basically like Metal Gear Solid Two, in which you've got the tanker section where you play as Snake, and mm. then the main section where you play as Raiden. Ah, okay. And as far as I can tell, Ground Zeroes is set nine years in the past uh, and tell some story. And then The Phantom Pain is nine years after that, which I guess is still in the past to us. Um, and that tells a different story of after he wakes up from some coma or other. Um, okay. So it's basically just a game with two, I don't want to say campaigns, but at least two stories. Mm -hmm. Separately called... The Phantom Pain and Ground Zeroes, and together is Metal Gear Solid Five. It seems quite straightforward, but because because Kojima, the stuff he does is so obvious, I think he gets annoyed because he takes the bandages off and he says, "It's me, Kojima," and everyone's like, "Yeah, we know," because you make it so fucking obvious because you call the guy Yoakim and spell it Kojima a bit with letters jumbled up. It's obvious. 
Hey, but the game, Phantom Pain, is actually Metal Gear Solid Fight. We know. You you put clues in the logo and all over the trailer. Um, because you are at once wanting to trick us, but also terrified we won't get it. So you make it very obvious. And then he gets annoyed because he just stands there expecting everyone by this point to be gasping and tearing their hair out and jumping out windows with going mad with the revelation. But no one has gone mad because we all knew it. So then he just says, yeah, but it's not Metal Gear Solid 5, even though I just said it was. So, so fuck you. <laughs> and then he runs away quickly before anybody can ask any questions. Because he wants us to be confused. And when we know what is going on, he decides to just talk garbage and garbled <laughs> nonsense until we are properly confused. But but we're not, really, because you're you're very aware that he's just what he, you know exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. There's not like what does he really mean? You're just thinking, Oh Kojima, you just wanna confuse me and instead you're just walking away silly. Yeah, we say that until he blows up the British Parliament, <laughs> and then we t- we find out that's what Metal Gear Solid was leading to this whole time was a detailed public confession to a crime he was going to commit in the far future of 2012, which Wait. is actually 2016, but he's calling it 2012 just to keep <laughs> fucking confusing us. Ah, but I actually did it several years ago. Well, you didn't, did you? Yes, I did. It's what I call several years ago, which was actually yesterday. <laughs> or was it tomorrow? It's fun to imagine Kojima with your voice. That would make <laughs> it would more be good. good. Yeah, for it, sure. It would be good. Um, and then maybe Konami would get all my brilliant jokes. Instead of even... just be angry and never talk to me and say, fuck these guys. Are they still mad? I don't know. I think so. I, I think Kojima, someone on Kojima's team specifically is upset with us. Really? Yeah. Huh. Weird. I hope they get over that. I, I feel strongly that emotions and video game industry chat amongst the press and developers and whatever. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. I, I know whenever passions are, are high, emotions might get involved and reason might take a backseat. But it's not it doesn't seem like it helps anybody you know why why get mad at a video game blog really what does that do for you the anger why not just loosen up and be like oh they said some stuff once but now they're doing other stuff i think the problem is with konami is i will just say it again but that's fine what howard are you making konami less rich or famous in any way I, well, let's be honest. I I did say words on the internet. <laughs> and we're talking the internet, not not granddad's tea shanty. Yeah, but you did. Uh, is if they if sure if they said, well, it's nothing personal, but there's a causal relationship. The more we talk with Jim Sterling, the less money we have. Like every I said, hi Jim Sterling, and all of a sudden three dollars were gone from my wallet. We can't talk to him anymore. Then sure. But I highly doubt that having a good relationship with you is somehow going to make them have less money. Yeah, I, th- I think they're just infants. Mm. Actually, I think that's, 
I think it's infancy in the brain area. <laughs> that whole area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've had Pax East. That's come and gone. There's a game I wanted to tell you about. I don't know if you played it from what? Pax East. What it's Blendo Games. East? It's Quadrilateral Cowboy. It's hard to say that. Have you played that? Nope. It is like I Divine Necromancy again, except sillier. Like it knows it's silly. Oh. You might want to check it out. It's by the Gravity Bone and uh, 30 Flights of Loving guy. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, but it's all hacking. It's just hacking everything all the time. Uh, with actual typing, you have to like type a little bit of code on a computer that's in your game. So you like play a computer game where you go on a computer and hack. But you hack everything right away. Or if you're really good, you can hack everything in a certain sequence and um, then just play through uh, whatever you hacked all the objects in the whole game to do, which is really fun. Uh, Rami Ismail, creator or co-creator of uh, Ridiculous Fishing, he's in love with the game. And what he does immediately is he writes a little bit of code in the, in the game, in the in-game computer, and then he throws the computer on the ground and just, like, smashes it and then just starts running as the entire game world falls apart behind him and, like, tries to speed run. He's huh. totally in love with it. It's pretty fun. You should check it out when you can. That sounds good. Yeah. I get a lot of weird little games like that. That's, That's thing. what many Ghost of Packs specifically for. Yeah. Yeah, all those areas were really packed, whereas the Ubisoft and Capcom... DuckTales uh, was packed for Capcom, but the other stuff, eh, the, the Resident Evil Revelations booth was often uh, nobody playing it, which made me kind of depressed. It's a pretty fun game, but people are just kind of like, oh yeah, the 3DS game, eh. doesn't have that kind of uh, psychological hype to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, it's it's an old game, technically, by Looks now. Really good, though. Those graphics look neat. It's fun to see it upgraded. And it's a fun Resident Evil game, you know? Like it is a, a good Resident one. Evil game. It's mm. uh, certainly the last good one I think I played. Yeah, definitely better than... What was that? Operation Raccoon City? Um, I actually quite liked that one. Yeah? I thought it was alright. It was obviously a different experience, but mm. it was in many ways the prototype for Resident Evil 6, which took those ideas and made them worse. <laughs> uh, which was a shame. Um, yeah. People yeah. were sad I didn't get to go to PAX East. Yeah, they were. And there's a good reason why I didn't go. Why's that? Because PAX is obviously big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in Boston that weekend. Boston? Really? Setting, setting something up. Really? Um, yeah, a follow-up convention, if you will. Uh, if you were at PAX East and you enjoyed it. That's fantastic, but I'm about to blow it out of the water with a very special announcement. John Con East. Oh no. Oh yes. I remember John Con now. Yeah. Hear me out. No. Last year, uh, neither you nor I went to PAX Prime, and I came up with an idea for a convention called John Con, um, which in my mind is the ultimate gamer convention. It had a papier-mâché head of your, of you, of your head, Jonathan, laughing. We had merchandise of various toys and accessories. You say merchandise? Yes. It's not merchandise. Mer- no. 
at, at Merkin Dice, which is a, a pubic wig with numbers on it that you can play D&D with. Uh, that's actually at John Con East. That's our big um, thing that you can say you were there. I was at John Con East. You pull down your trousers and you say, look at my Merkin Dice. But John Con East, uh, John Con, the original, which is now called John Con Prime, that's where you go to watch Jonathan Holmes kill a dog. That's mm. where you go to make spiders have sex. Oh, yeah, you got a good memory. If you um, do listen to the old an older pod toyed, we talked about John Con, John Con Prime. John Con East is a whole different kettle of fish, but also very, very similar. <laughs> Hear me out. Obviously... When gamers think video games, they think Jonathan Holmes. So when we tell them there's going to be a video game convention, especially in the heart of Boston, they're going to want to see Boston's favourite son. Outside the Adam West Convention Centre, we will have a big papier-mâché Jonathan Holmes on a crucifix. Mm. With a sign next to it that says, Jonathan Holmes, Boston's favourite son, the man what died for your sins. Brackets of gaming. Uh. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm pitching you these ideas, because I want you to just imagine that as as you come up to a convention centre. You see you, Jonathan... Naked little mm. little dingleberries just flopping about between your legs on a crucifix with lots of blood. I'm thinking of getting maybe a fountain so that just sprays of blood are coming out of your wrists, just spraying out into the street and road and hitting cars. And then there is a sign saying that you died for our sins of gaming. <laughs> uh, so this is a paper mache me. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's performance art it's, <laughs> in a way. It's installation art. It's it's makes a statement. It's a, a biting satire. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could call it a satire. We will be telling people it's true. <laughs> we we will be telling people that that Jesus took the credit for everything you've done. Oof. That does make headlines. I mean, people will... Well, that's it, yeah. Come to John Con East, the home of the man who really was Jesus. <laughs> Let the Bible come alive <laughs> at John Con East uh, and celebrate the life of, of Jonathan Holmes, the one true Messiah. The only way to heaven is through him of gaming. <laughs> uh... Okay, I mean, I kiss from a rose. Kiss from a rose. This is the first. This is the first major event at the um, baby. This is the first major event at the convention. Um, The opening ceremony is kiss from a rose. We have a big round of applause for the prophet, for the father. The one way through heaven is to him of gaming. Jonathan Holmes, come out! You come out totally naked. Bulls naked. And you come out, put your arms out, you you do a little pirouette, you do a little twirl for us. Do your little twirl on the catwalk. Show us everything. We want to see everything. People are screaming. We want to see everything. We want to see everything. But they've already seen everything. I am naked. (laughs) 
Jonathan, take your skin off. Jonathan, take your skin off. Just like that music video with Robbie Williams. Uh, no, they're not doing that bit. Uh, when they say they want to see everything, obviously they want you to bend over and pull your ass cheeks apart so they can see it. Jonathan I... Holmes, Jonathan Holmes, we want to see it. And then you say, I will show you it, my children. This is the one way to get into heaven. And then you... Yes. And then you bend over, uh, pull your cheeks apart, and just sort of move it left and right, and everyone's everyone's gasping. It's like they've seen the world's best fireworks display. Ah. Ooh. Ah. So it's true. That's what the people will be... That's what I'll be whispering to a, a mother holding a baby. I'll just say, so it's true. And then she will pass that message on. And the crowd will be just electric. Just, it's true. It's true. He's just shown us it. I couldn't believe it. It's real. And at that point, I get up onto the stage and I've got a long-stemmed rose in my hand. And I say, behold, to get in, you don't need tickets. You don't need to buy things like at that shitty PAX. You just need a kiss from a rose. You just need to receive Father Holmes's blessing to enter our magnificent realm of wonder and or delight. At that point, I take the stem of the rose and just slide it gently and, and lovingly, possibly romantically, mm-hmm. uh, through your anal no. opening. No. Just feeding it in. It's a thin rose stem. You barely feel it. I've taken the thorns off. You just pop it in, just do do do, do do do, do do do, do do do. That's me just humming to myself as I just thread it in, as I just feed it in. And you're at that point, you know, we've got a microphone right by your mouth, so you can be going, ah, ah, that's great. Keep doing that. Great. Keep doing that, and and everyone, the audience is still going. It's true. It's true. And I push it in right up to the hilt. Uh, So you've just got this beautiful rose flower. Basically a rose coming out of your rose. And then the audience (laughs) line up to get their blessing so they can be considered worthy enough to enter the kingdom of heaven of gaming. Uh, And they get on their knees and you just push your ass uh, right into their face and just smush it around. Mm. Just do, 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 I don't know why I'm doing Marilyn Manson's beautiful people. That wasn't intentional, but now it is. And we probably can't get the rights to that, so it will just be me in a microphone going. A beautiful people. A beautiful people. Beautiful people. A beautiful people. Boom, banana, 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 banana. Kiss from a rose. You may be wondering why we're not doing Seal's Kiss from a Rose. I don't know. So that we'll do that for however long it takes to get all the patrons through the door. What? Wait, that's to get people. That's that's the uh, opening. In- instead of a ticket or paying. Uh, people receive their blessing because 
Basically, the message we want to send is that John Con East is heaven on earth. <laughs> That's not gonna... And you have to absolve them of their sins and wash them away and make them new, clean, innocent people. <laughs> and what way to do that is better than putting a flower up your jacksie and having you wipe your ass crack in the faces of men, women, and children and while a, a fat man in... screams Marilyn Manson songs at them badly. Uh, I don't know much about the internal organs of the human being. Yeah. But I can't imagine that a, a, a rose stem is going to fit comfortably even with the thorns removed, it's all the way in there, right? If you're worried about health, I mean, I've, I've dipped it in bleach first. <laughs> I'm worried about, well, just step by step. Uh, the first step is there is, I know that the, it's not just like a straight line up there. It, there's like, it coils a bit, the, the intestines, the lower yeah. abdomen, all that. So there's this, uh, uh, you've got something that goes... Coil the line of people waiting to get in because there'll be so many. <laughs> I at first it's just going to be very difficult to move because I've got a huge stem that's straight just uh, inside enough. of my internal organs, which are not straight. Just long enough to to keep the rose in under its own power. And I've got to move around uh, <laughs> with a rose in I, my ass. I have yeah. a feeling that once we start blasting out the classic hits of Manson. You won't be having to move around. It'll be impossible to get you to stand still. Because <laughs> I'll be dancing? Because I'll just be going... Yeah, I'm going to be nude. It's very nude. It's, it's cold. Just, you... It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's bad. It's gross. It's sad. It's very sad. Sad body sad uh, life. Mm. People are going to see me and be sad for themselves and me. Oh, they're going to be saying it's true. No, they're going to be saying, oh no. <laughs> a naked man. A, a naked... Yeah, at a man... You, you know, they, the, they saw the they bleeding... Won't, they won't uh, notice that you're naked. Because I'm going to be wearing two sets of clothes. You are. Just, yeah, they're going to see two men on stage. Two men, two sets of clothes. How could he be naked? My eyes have seen everything there needs to be for two fully clothed men. And the brain will do the rest. It'll just combine the... It's like how uh, one eye sees things slightly different from the other in order to make it 3D. Yeah, yeah. You'll see the clothes, you'll see the people... And you'll just combine them in your mind to make yeah. me not naked? Yeah, because that's what the brain does. It just deciphers what the eyes see. <laughs> what the eyes will see <laughs> is a naked man. And that's just as scary as it gets. You can't even put that in... You know, an R-rated movie can have a naked man for like a few seconds. But they've got like a timer. The, uh, the I think it's the FCC or whoever rates movies. They're like, oh, went over six seconds. This is now rated X. Because there was a, a naked man. Penis and everything. Sorry. X-rated. Like a yeah, uh, hooky, right? yeah, 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 not for very long. And prosthetic. That helped get the rating down for some reason. So you, you want a prosthetic? <laughs> I, I'm not... I can put a Snuffleupagus mask on the front, if that helps. That does help. That will get us 
downgraded from indecent assault to indecent assault. It's it's in it's it's decent assault, if anything. (laughs) Dude, we just tell them it's a religious practice. It practically is. You can get away with anything if you just do that. Ah, well, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Not in just a convention center. Not in the land of the free. (laughs) There's there's your there's your opportunity. There's your Abraham Lincoln. It's a that's the, the malicious mischief is a thing. It's a crime, I think. Well, it's not malicious. So anyway, we we let them in through the turnstiles after they've taken a kiss from a rose. What 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 will they go to first, Jonathan? Well, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that there's a lot of talk about tuna boxing. Tuna boxing? Yeah, Alex came up with the name for this. Uh, tuna boxing. It's an event hosted by. Boston's favorite son, Jonathan Holmes. What? I can what tell the... you're excited. I don't know. I'm not. I'm worried. We have a giant pool, like a bull pool, or, or a, a particularly massive paddling pool, and it, big enough for ten people. We fill it with creamy tuna, creamy tuna chunks. Ugh. You step in it, stand in it, wearing a thong, boxing gloves, and a smile. And you say, who will box for tuna? Who will tuna box? And we pick nine lucky contenders to strip bear into nothing but a thong, boxing gloves, and a smile, just like you, and get in there. Now, tuna boxing goes as follows. You have three hours to gather and hold as much tuna as you can within your boxing-gloved arms. Now, you can smack other people. You can bash tuna out of their arms. Although, bear in mind, the risk comes from you doing that. You're not gathering tuna. So there's a kind of tactical, strategic element to this, like dive kick. Um, do I hoard as much tuna as I can in my arms, or go offensive and aggressive and make sure no one else gets as much tuna as I do? Tuna boxing. Uh, that could be very. No, it couldn't. I mean, in theory, that's got a, a great design to it it's, because there's risk reward. There's yeah. Yeah, you you have to get to know yourself and the other player in the in the process of the decisions you make in tuna boxing. The the downside of course is that everyone's almost nude and there's tuna. There's and if, fish. if they if any girls I mean it's it's multi gender, but if any girls go up they are also just wearing a thong and boxing right. gloves. Boobs. So there you you've got everyone smells of uh open fish. <laughs> Fish that has not been kept frozen or, or kept uh, from rotting. It's mixed up with mayonnaise, though. Oh, gross. I don't know if I've ever told you how much I don't like tuna fish and mayonnaise, especially together. Oh, it's a nightmare. You haven't. That's actually... That's slightly disadvantageous to you. Um, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to struggle. And you really want to win this. <laughs> I do? You really want to win this because of the prizes. There's prizes. Of course there's prizes. I mean, if you're gathering tuna for three hours, there's going to be prizes. So after three hours of intense tuna-based combat, 
we do the tuna weigh-in. You come on, you dump your tuna on the scales, and whoever catches the most tuna per pound wins. Now, if one of the other contenders wins, they get to give you, Jonathan, a tattoo. What? They get to tattoo you on the arms, back, thighs, buttocks, wherever they want. That's not... So that's if they win. Yeah. I get a tattoo. Yeah. You get a tattoo. They get to tattoo you, which is, to be honest, a dream. Sounds like it's weird work where they don't gain anything <laughs> and I just have a, lo- a worse life, but they have a neutral experience. It's, it's every boy's fantasy mm. to tattoo Jonathan Holmes, to leave a permanent scar on you. I know that's my dream. <laughs> Why? Why would you want to hurt a man? And I don't want to hurt him? you. I just want to leave you marked. <laughs> I think it's implied that it's going to hurt if I've been marked. Do you want right? to hear what the prize is if you lose? I thought that was you... if I Oh, it was, wasn't it? Do you want to know what you get so. if you win? Sure. You, Jonathan Holmes, get to... No, that's the wrong choice of words. You, Jonathan Holmes, have to tattoo all the losers. <laughs> and and you have to tattoo the phrase on their back, and the phrase is Tuna Fresh Boys. You have to tattoo Tuna Fresh Boys on the backs of anyone who competes. Oh, that's a real... You know, in the movies, when it's like, all right... You either have to kill yourself or kill everyone in your family. <laughs> what do you do? It's like, uh, everybody loses no matter what. Um, yeah, I don't want to do that to people. Tuna Fresh Boys, that's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very mean to do that to them. How is that mean? They know what they're signing up for. <laughs> Why did they sign up? Did I sign because up? they wanted a chance to tattoo you. I'm like, this is what you learn in the kingdom of heaven of gaming at John Con East. You will learn. You can't just be rewarded for nothing. You want to tattoo a man, you have to risk your own flesh in the theatre of tuna combat. Now get okay. in that warm tuna mayonnaise. Ugh. Ugh. I want you to wriggle your toes in it and feel Ugh. all those... Of chunky fish flesh between your naked toes. <laughs> that is... Yeah, I mean, I've already gone through that. So after that, everything's just going to be a weird haze of sorrow. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, yeah, and they won. You're right. They, they knew what they were getting into. So I will win. So you will win Catcracker. Catcracker? What's yeah, that? Yeah, this is the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, you may have noticed a man in a dapper suit handing out tickets. Now, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be, while you're, you know, smushing a rose in people's faces from your ass and wrestling for tuna, I'll be handing out tickets to people. Now, all of these tickets have numbers on them, except one which has a picture of your face winking, Jonathan. Mm. Whoever gets Winkin' Johnny gets to take part in the ultimate competition of skill and magnificence. <laughs> I, that'll do. Catcrackers. 
to, for a chance to win the ultimate prize. What you excited? You what are so excited. I am nervous. We bring I... out a cat. You get its front legs. The winner of the Wink and Johnny gets its back legs, and you pull. Oh no! And like a Christmas cracker at Christmas, you have to pull until it breaks in half. Oh no! That's All awesome. the while, people are throwing coins at you and the contestant, just like nickels and quarters, like really hard. People are shouting, and they're shouting, "You cat murdering fucks! You animal cruel bastards!" You monsters, you fucking monsters. And I'll be shouting it loudest. Because I really like cats. I like them too, yeah. There's one on uh, There's one on me right now. We can use that. Keep hold of it. We'll need it in like three weeks. Oh, they'll, they'll claw you and scratch you and scream while it's happening. You know, and fight. And I'm imagining... I'm imagining the sound of the, the jangling money and people screaming will be totally eclipsed by the sounds of the cat. Mm. And it's hard. You can't just pull something apart. It's made out of pretty strong stuff, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to really pull. In fact, it's, 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 it's not unreasonable to assume one of you will just get a leg and the other one will get the rest of the cat. And obviously that person will be, will be the winner. Whoever gets most cat wins. He who dies with the most cat wins. And the prize, of course. I mean, this is what we are calling the ultimate prize of John Con East. In fact, this is possibly the ultimate prize of life. Whoever wins gets to eat from the paddling pole full of tuna. Ugh. With a giant golden ladle. <laughs> and even better, if you win, Jonathan, you get to eat it all. Oh, no. If they win, they get to share a meal with Jonathan Holmes himself, Boston's favourite son. We've got two ladles. <laughs> so either way, I'm eating that <laughs> stuff, you're saying. What I win is doing it alone. <laughs> That's my prize. Just yeah. like You're alone in eating it all that and if you think that's the worst prize do bear in mind that if the other guy wins they also get to bum you while they have the tuna so i mean you won't like that because obviously while they're busy bumming you tuna will fall from their mouth and hit you on the back of the head and which will be the worst part of it no (laughs) (laughs) that's not the worst part. they're gonna have a really long ladle I said as I was just filling out the physical holes in the logic. Yeah, you you, you doing. planned it out. You've got. And an then, idea. yeah, show's over. After that, we burn the convention down and have, tell the Mayor Dooley to build a new one for next year. Mayor Dooley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. That there's parts of that that you could do with like animatronic puppets and have it not be a crime. Some of that is not illegal if done by <laughs> robots, but the rest is uh, entirely impossible. What if, what if we get people to sign contracts um, stating that they being of sound mind and body um, waive all their rights, excluding the rights on the same level as a robot. 
Ah, uh, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you you can say you won't sue later, but just the the laws of man that dictate what is okay and what is not to just be done in a society. Like I don't think any town would allow it, especially around where I live. Where I live, there was a when there was a store called Game Crazy, which I always thought was kind of tacky. Uh, uh, crazy is a word that makes me frown a lot. Uh, I know they didn't mean any harm by it, but just... Yeah. It, it, but you yeah. are saying we should cancel John Con crazy in June. <laughs> yes. All right. And this town um, it said they were going to sue Game Crazy, not because their, their sign said crazy, but because they were green. And they were like, that shade of green? Mm, no, doesn't fit the culture of the town. I'm sorry. No green signs... Well, that's all right. Yeah. The, ro- the rose is red, tuna's pink. <laughs> yeah, but but a naked man <laughs> is rubbing his strange ass against the face of unknowns. Just people who showed they're like, what's that giant bleeding Jesus parody bald man statue doing? Let's go see... Maybe it's something, you know, am I dreaming? What's going on? Let's go look. And then you stand out look, naked. Oh, why is there an ass against my face now? You yeah, stand out they, naked, and then they say, oh, it is Jesus. No, they don't. They say, ah, ah, no. Like some are going, oh, like a nervous laughter. But then bad ass face happens, and the crimes are levied against us. We are then criminals, the kind that go to jail for a while. Manson almost amount. Manson, like junior Manson amount. That's Charles Manson. Yeah, they not, don't want us ever coming out. Not Marilyn if Manson. that's what we did before we got caught, what are we going to do after we've been to prison and had those atrocities uh, warp our minds? Well, that's, they, they, well yeah. th- they'll arrest us as Charles Manson, but I'll be on stage as Marilyn Manson. <laughs> going... So they'll just say, well, Brian's up to his old tricks on stage again. Let's go home. Knock off early. Have a cup of tea. Have a coffee. Maybe I'll go in the convention and see what all the fuss is about. If it's good enough if it's good enough for Brian with his weird contact lenses, that's good enough for us. Is there anything at the convention other than that stuff? The tuna and the the cat? Um you can buy tins of tuna. Who knows, maybe it would develop a huge sense of community and people would feel like that was the only place where they really belonged with the tuna and the cat and the ass rose ass. Maybe! (laughs) Uh, Did you get any uh, texts from Trent? I'm always excited about that every week now. Speaking of singers... I was hoping what? to, I was hoping to stall long enough. To, you didn't want to talk to, about it. I was hoping to stall long enough to get one. Oh, you haven't gotten one yet this week. I haven't gotten one this week. That's um, too bad. None, none, no texts from Trent at all, except oh, for fuck's sake. What's happened? <sighs> fuck's sake, Trent. <laughs> what happened? <gasps> I used to be Trent Reznor. 
begins the text. Then I took an arrow to the knee. (laughs) A Skyrim joke? Are you fucking kidding me, Trent? (laughs) It just... Does he think, like, it's been long enough to where he can get an irony laugh? It hasn't been that. What's it been, a year and a half, two years? I'm I'm honestly depressed. <laughs> I never understood that joke anyway. I didn't play Skyrim enough to, to experience it, but I watched the videos. I watched the Let's Plays and the, the, uh, the screen captures. And it's just a man talking with kind of bad dialogue. Right, and then he's like, "I used to be a warrior, but then I got an arrow to the knee, and now I'm a guardsman or something." Right? How would taking it. an arrow to the knee stop him from being Trent Reznor? Yeah, it doesn't change your name. It's not like the the arrow shoots you all the way over to the courthouse, and the judge says, "All right, I guess you're now Steve Jenkins." And Unless you know. your name is just asshole now, <laughs> as I'm inclined to believe, Reznor. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was ups- I was distressed. Now I'm just ang- angry. What's the text again? I used to be Trent Reznor. Then I took an arrow, and then you blew it, Trent. <laughs> I don't want any more texts from you. You didn't want them in the first place. I know. I didn't know. Uh, no. I no. Mean, it, at first, he... you feel a little bit honoured. Oh my God! It's the man who does some music in How to Destroy Angels. The pop, the pop group. He sent me a text, and now he's just asking for fucking barbecue and sending me weird texts and just doing old memes. I really can you, uh, in all sincerity, can you explain why that was amusing to people? Was it just like shared experience? We're all playing this video game. You know that one part in that game? I also played that game. Ha ha. I... I think, not to talk about it too much, I don't want to give Trent the oxygen of publicity for this, Mm. but, I mean, the game is obviously one of those games meant to be played for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. Mm -hmm. And the fact you end up hearing, like, it's such a specific phrase. You'd think that's a phrase specific to one human being in the world. Um, But almost every guardsman says it because dialogue is repeated quite a bit. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. So, so every guardsman took an arrow to the knee? Well, they all say random things. So oh, if you okay. play it for long enough, they get to a point where every single guard in the world used to be an adventurer and then took a thing in the thing. Oh, that's kind of funny then. Yeah, I cringe even saying the full phrase. Yeah. I hate it when games make cute references to it. Mm. I remember, because in the otherwise funny Borderlands 2, I do remember some character saying something along those lines of being uh, taking a bullet to the knee, and I'm, it made me very sad and frowning. And apparently there's a walking, for the Walking Dead survival instinct, which it turns out is shit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's an achievement for that, like Arrow to the Knee or something. That reminds me, uh, did you watch The Talking Dead this past Sunday, Jim? No. I think Michael Rooker might have read your review. I heard something about Michael Rooker saying Merlin Dahl. Yes. And it was it was with a huge smile on his face as though he knew what he was doing. Um, 
it was all right. I'll try to reenact it real quick. I guess I'm not going to do a Rooker impersonation. It was great. All the 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 Lindsay Collins and all of her friends, some of them who listened to Podtoid, came over after PAX. I was really tired, but we ate burritos and popcorn and we're watching The Walking Dead. And Lindsay Collins is the uh, character designer on Teenage Pokemon, so we're hanging out. And um, there, her little friend Pooh was just playing Harvest Moon on the 3DS, and it was a real family time in my mind. And we're watching The Talking Dead, and all of a sudden. Uh, Chris Hardwick, the host of the show, says, oh, and a game came out. Walking Dead Survival Instinct. I'm a gamer. I love games. And this with this game is very good. We have some for everyone in the audience. It's an Oprah moment. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Why boy. Why doesn't he just fucking give them a bucket of AIDS? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I was, you know feeling bad for him because he's probably a great guy he's just doing his job uh having to promote the thing oh, yeah. but uh and i expected rooker to be like embarrassed but he was just smiling you know beaming like they're talking about my game and uh chris harwick is like so what was it like playing merle in video game form he's like you mean merlin Durrell? merlin Durrell, right you gotta say it right and chris harwick's like what are you talking about he's like merlin Durrell. merlin Durrell. that's how you do it that's how you do it like a lot a lot of talk about it <laughs> as though he knew he was in on the joke and was enjoying it. And then talked about the game for like two seconds after that. He had nothing else to say. He just wanted to say Merle Neural a bunch of times. Good for him. And you're the only person to have observed that. I think a few others. I wouldn't want to take any credit for that. Because, okay. I mean, a lot of people were just making fun of that trailer. And the fact he went, Merle Neural, in a game, I could be better than that. Um, clearly bored and just doing it for the money. Um, although, funnily enough, I felt he was the only person in the game who gave a shit. Like, Norman Reedus sounded very bored. Mm. And mm. Rooker was actually really putting in some effort and, and acting um, as, as Merle in, in the game, which is shit. I don't know if I've mentioned <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, worse, I'm still going to buy it eventually. Worse than Colonial Marines. When it's $5, I will buy it. I will not buy it for dollars. <laughs> Just for the Rooker, uh, uh, someone I know, this is a weird coincidence now I think about it. I bought the first issue of The Walking Dead when it first came out because I like zombies. I like Tony Moore, the artist. And I knew that it was, I'd heard that it was just like Night Living Dead. So I, I thought it would be good. Now that comic book is worth like $20,000. I let a woman borrow it. It was a comic book artist. She I went to it. Japan with it. She came back. Now she can't find it because I want to sell it so I can buy a house. I put $20,000 on a house. Um, she can't find it. So that's my uh, $20,000 missing. She, she moves to Seattle. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said she sold it for pocket. I don't think so. She's not. Maybe she did. Who knows? But, you know, I took her out to eat. We chatted. There was a genuine friendship there. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's gone. Yeah. Um, she moves to Seattle right after that. So she's like, I can't look for the comic anymore because I'm moving to Seattle. But when I move back to Massachusetts again someday, I'll look again then. But where? After being in Japan for At like the eight empty years. empty house she moved from. <laughs> it's from her grandparents' house, I think. Uh. So she's like, maybe it's in my grandparents' house. I don't know where else it would be. I didn't throw it away, but I couldn't look for it when I lived in Japan for eight years, and now I'm in Seattle. She goes to Seattle and immediately meets Michael Rooker. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, here's the pictures. Yeah, I just see him around. He's just around all the time. Here's, here we are having drinks, 
here we are at the hotel <laughs> lobby. I'm like, you're just friends with Michael Rucker? And I was like, yeah, he's a really great guy. He's really funny. He's really genuine. And she's, you know, at least 25 years younger than him. So none of it makes any sense. But now I just realized how weird that is because he's on The Walking Dead. And she has my number one somewhere. That's interesting. Um, huh. Oh, in other... Oh, sorry. Hold on a, hold on a second. Okay, sure. One, one second. Hmm, wonder what he's doing. Son of a bitch. What happened? You okay? Just got a text from Trent Reznor. <laughs> BTW moved to mass... Also, unrelated, got copy of Walking Dead 1. Do you want? I... I... I don't know how he's doing it. I don't believe him. I think he's fucking with me. Who knows? I don't know. He could afford it. Oh, and there's another one. Just fucking with. That's all it says. Just fucking with. W-I-T. Yeah. Son of a bitch. He's got his office bugged. He has to be. Trent. He is a weird man. Lead singer of pop group Nine Inch Nails and How to Destroy Angels. In the music for Quake. I know what you're doing. You prick. You called him a prick, dude? That'll teach him. (laughs) <laughs> what else happened this week? Oh, uh, in the world of video games? I guess we better talk about them some more. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, something happened. Tomb Raider didn't sell enough, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's a, a strange event. And the Square Enix guy, I don't know, those announcements came pretty close together, so it's hard to imagine. Oh, it was all that. from the same report, I think. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, basically, Square Enix has had extraordinary losses. I mean, that... They were expecting, what was it, a 3 billion yen profit at the end of the financial year, and are now walking away with a 13 billion yen expected loss. Really? Uh, bit of a fuck-up, from the looks of things. And so Square Enix president, Yoichi Wada, has resigned. And this follows news that after underperforming financially, um, Electronic Arts is losing its CEO, John Riccatello. Yeah, that's right. A lot of these... Superpowers are dropping off. The castles are showing some cracks in the walls, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't bring myself to cry (laughs) over it. Uh, It's more a case of, oh, oh dear. That is sad, isn't it? It's not really all that sad. (laughs) Nobody actually cares. Uh, So, yeah. That's, I'm not surprised. I mean, when you've got Tomb Raider selling 3.4 million, and you've got Hitman selling 3.6 million, and you've got Sleeping Dogs selling over a million, which surprised me. Mm, it's a great yeah. game, but I thought, fuck, if they get 500,000, they ought to be fucking happy. Sure. But, but no, failures all round. Disappointing. Under, underperforming. Um, slow sales in the West, they say. Extraordinary losses. And I'm just thinking, you've what? <laughs> Sorry, you sold over three million copies of something. You sold over a million copies of Sleeping Dogs. Something that really, by rights, shouldn't have have cleared half that. Mm-hmm. And it is sad, disappointing, trouble times for you. 
I that whole it was last year, right? That um, was thirty eight studios. That was the name of it. Kingdoms of Amalur. I was saying, oh, this doesn't bode well, and people are like, this was an exception, and there was every reason to think it was an exception back then. That that company was just screwed up because it was. Though since then we've continued to see this trend of, oh yeah, our game sold up to a million or or over a million, over two million. But Resident then, Evil cases, Resident yep. Evil Six's case, uh, almost like five million. million. Yep, that and, was considered a disappointment. Yep, failed uh, to meet goals. Uh, what was it? What did they say? Uh, THQ was murdered by. They're saying the you draw, right? Which sold really well. That sold millions of units. Um, on the Wii, I guess, and then they tried it on um, PS3 and 360, and uh, lo and behold, the audience wasn't there. I don't know how much money they lost on that. I assume they, I don't know, that still boggles my mind. But the, the fact that they couldn't bounce back from that, that was like, it seemed like a blip on the radar uh, from the outside looking in anyway. And all their other games selling fairly well, Saints Row doing some good money, as I remember. Um, then they just die so weird it, it really feels as though these companies are so much more fragile than they thought and my suspicions all along that they shouldn't be throwing these huge expensive cheese parties where the cheese is so good have you been to these parties jim uh back when i was doing events i've been to some ridiculous things yeah uh, years ago now for me, last cheese party I was at was probably 2010 and I was thinking, this doesn't seem like they know what they're doing with their money. It just was a, a small thin slice of information that could potentially represent what their thinking is like on larger scale things. Um, now they're all screwing up and dying, yeah. even though their games are, are selling so many. Six million? Can you picture selling or five million of anything? I'd love to get five million views on a video. <laughs> yeah, just once. And that's the internet where it's free. This is They're getting five million people to pay $60 yeah. for their dumb thing, and they still can't stay above water? Or the or costs they... are just too much? I mean, yeah. well, they had 600 people on Resident Evil 6. Uh, I dread to think how much it costs to get everything together. You've got Square Enix just making things like Final Fantasy Thirteen, which looks gorgeous, but like the audience doesn't care that much. <laughs> now, it doesn't. I mean, obviously there is a market for these gorgeous things, and mm -hmm. but it's not what sells a game. I don't think visuals sell a game that much. If they did then the PS2 wouldn't have been so powerful in its oh, generation. Sure. The Wii wouldn't have been so powerful in its generation. Mm -hmm. The PlayStation 1 wouldn't have been so powerful in its generation. Um, I think the market's proven time and time again that the, the lavish, the excessive in terms of a visual splendor um, isn't what's required. I think especially now the market's proving that the quote-unquote triple A isn't the most desired product in the industry. Mm -hmm. And we have publishers trying to react to that, but it seems to be a bit too little too late. THQ was reacting before it died. It, was, it had cut out its fancy parties. It had stopped doing massive booths and displays at E3. I don't, even, I don't know if any display at E3 is worth the money. Uh, oh. THQ got the same amount of coverage just renting one of the little fucking rooms upstairs at E3. 
mm-hmm. rather than having you know a giant dreadnought or whatever they've got um i forget what it was they had some big fucking machine people could get in they're people in full-on space machine uh, marine mm-hmm. uniforms tromping about um fantastic to look at great to see but fucked them hard <laughs> Uh, maybe it's 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 time to really tighten the belts there and 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 not. I mean, just just wow. Like Battlefield Three, I believe couldn't. The marketing alone cost so much they couldn't get that get it back. Um, wow, and that sold quite a few copies. Yeah, we've got to get out of this thing where, I mean, it comes to something when Demon Souls is 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 a huge success, and Tomb Raider isn't. Uh, simply because the costs were such that the ambition didn't need to be impossible. We've got to get out of this. We've got to get out of a place where you literally have to beat reality to win. That's not a business model that works. They can't say, well, if reality stops happening, we'll turn a profit. (laughs) No, they don't teach that in business school. Yeah, that's not how business works. Profit making. Yeah. I definitely see Sony... I don't know if this is related, but Sony is getting everybody to make games on the Vita. That dive kick game I was telling you about, that's on the Vita. Like, what? A game called Nuns with Guns is on the Vita. Which I recently downloaded on the iPad. Nuns with Guns? How is it? It's It's a neat little thing. Yeah, yeah, we uh, I did an interview with some nuns. Hopefully that'll get posted. We edited that last night on that game. It's like under two minute interview. It's all right, nuns, you know. Uh, also on the Vita, just everything. Loof trousers is on the Vita. Um, Limbo. Every game. Limbo is on the Vita. Spelunky is coming to the Vita. It seems like Sony is thinking there are people who can make video games that people want, and they don't spend a lot of money on it. Um, you know, Liv Lambeer is making money now off Ridiculous Fishing, but they are just regular dudes who are just barely scraping by, and they make games that people really enjoy. Um, the, I don't know if Sony is going to take on that business model, but they at least seem to really respect those who do and are, are working very they hard to... to yeah. I'm a lot more interested in the Vita hearing a lot of the recent news than I have been in a while. And I say that as, as someone who's obviously proclaimed a lot of um, respect and hope for the Vita. Um, but you tell me something as simple as Limbo's going to be on it um, mm-hmm. with normal controls. Like they're not going to throw in any touch stuff. And I'm like, okay. Limbo is exactly... Because I've been thinking of replaying Limbo. But it's exactly the kind of thing I would replay portably. Mm-hmm. You know, I played it on the 360 way back when, when I reviewed it, and I've been wanting to play it again, but I don't want to go through the massive, tumultuous effort of turning on the television (laughs) and walking all the way to the three feet away where the controller is um, and not watch television. (laughs) At the same time. At the same time. uh, That's why... Just about every game, I've been really spoiled by the Wii U and with the 3DS. And and when I get a Vita, which I'm still waiting for the price drop, I've just got this weird pride about not wanting to pay a certain price for it. Ah, I'll just give in, though. Even if they don't drop the price, I'm going to end up buying it because all these games are going to be good. But anyway, 
Yeah, sitting in a room with other people who aren't playing video games, who are watching TV or doing something else and just getting to play a little bit and then press pause, do something else. So it really spoils you. And if I have to choose between um, handheld but not portable gaming in my house with other people or monopolizing the television and boring the crap out of everybody else who doesn't care, I'm always going to choose... I'll choose a worse game on a, on a handheld than a great game that I have to uh, dominate the living room with these days. So so what they're doing with the Vita is really smart. I just hope they don't screw it up when the PS4 comes out and make us rebuy all of our PSN, Vita, and uh, cross-platform PS, uh, PS Vita and PS3 games on the PS4. Because then I just won't buy a PS4. I'll just stick with the PS3 and the Vita if that's the case. God knows they- what they'll do. They've got a real habit of releasing something and then forgetting it and looking at the next big score mm-hmm. you know I, I do worry when the ps4's out they're like whoop fuck that throw the vita away not interested but then again i mean they are talking about making the ps vita this real companion system to the ps4 but they could just be chatting shit i would guess there are people in the company that have a vision and there it's a great vision for how to get those to combine and then there's other people in the company that are just only looking at numbers and if the vita sales don't pick up then they're just going to abandon it yeah. and and not care about all the promises that the visionaries made in the company that's my guess well this show's going long and good do you want me to do the questions i've got something long and good for you what do well, you want to have sex with it's me? It's not neither good. of those things, actually. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You I don't. got something average-sized and disappointing for you. <laughs> you wouldn't want to. Is it? It's, uh, I've talked about it before. I was uh, contemplating it earlier. Like, is it funny to say you would want to have sex with me because I'm so unattractive? Is it like the... Like, oh, call the bald guy curly and call the, the fat guy slim and call the... Uh, not attractive guy attractive. Is it like that sort of thing? I just... Just imagine us two banging. <laughs> it answers everything. It doesn't... It, uh, it answers dude. everything. I, I feel like I'm not that gross. On top, on top or downstairs, the image is magical. I think that's what it is. It's People love to just imagine the world... As a, as a brighter place, as a more magical place, and and that's what we do when we talk about you and I banging. When you and I have our long, detailed conversations of what we want to do to each other, what? we we sprinkle a little bit of fairy dust in someone's morning coffee. The beginning of that, I was picturing, you know, those testimonial uh, commercials <laughs> for movies. Yeah, like they show like ah and um. Paranormal Activity 4, and then they'll show a girl being like, it was so good, but it was so bad. It made me feel so bad. It's so good. Um, I was picturing a testimonial by you about your sexual fantasies about me. And then just saying, (laughs) (laughs) on the top or down bottom, it doesn't really matter. This is magical. So long as we're banging. Uh, well, not too many questions coming in. Maybe people don't care anymore. Maybe we finally got them to all stop listening. I don't know. Uh, but there are a couple questions. 
Peter. Can you feel my heart beating? Do you understand? Do you feel the same? That's pretty good. Am I only dreaming? Is this burning? An eternal flame? Ooh, that was kind of a uh, off. It was on key. It was on a key. But it was a question mark note, kind of a disturbing disturbance in the force there. Uh, some questions are coming in from way too much candy. That was a song for you, Jonathan. I that wrote, I wrote it for you. <laughs> you didn't write that. It was Wilson Phillips. Uh, good, good group. Good girl group. Good solid pre-Destiny's Child girl group. A lot of girl power. He asks, uh, ever going to pull your trousers down on Podtoid? Asks this man. <laughs> and the thing about these men is they know you're not reading the questions. They know I'm reading them. <laughs> yes, I do. So, and they, if they've ever heard the show, I don't think there's ever been an episode where I like slipped up and like let the truth out of the bag, let the cat out of the bag. That I love, I love it when people just want to talk about me in a sexually charged, slightly demeaning and derogatory way. No, I never, ever like those questions more than the other questions. The only reason I put this question on air is because it's the only one that's come up for some reason. <laughs> Maybe everyone's busy at GDC. I don't know. So you won this round. Way too much candy. I asked your question and I will never ask another question like that again. You should ask another show. question like that again. I, I, I always avoid those ones. Did you get for a the lot? Most, a good amount. Because I yeah, never you know. see it. Yeah, I know. That's uh, This is my uh, small time to shine. A bunch of questions came in now. 15. They were just typing them up. They were thinking hard about it, I guess. I'm glad about that. Normally we end up with fucking 60-odd. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're still coming in now. Um, I don't know if I should ask this one, because it might reveal what we're up to for uh, April Fool's. Are we going to do a special April Fool's episode, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, there's an idea for it that we've had. That maybe will happen. So we'll talk about that later. And I won't ask that question then. Uh, Johnny Eaton, who is Gianni Desu on Twitter, asks, What do you think about David Hayter not playing Snake in Metal Gear Solid Five? I refuse to play Kojima's games. <laughs> do you think he might be playing Snake still? It, it's impossible to tell. It might, he might be, he might not be. Um, frankly, I don't think he ever should have played Naked Snake, though. Yeah. It was it, a different uh, character, it was a different snake. All the other snakes are voiced by different guys. It felt almost uh almost spineless in a way, almost cowardly to go back to David Hayter for a different snake just to have him in it. Um Well the clone thing made it make sense in my mind at the time, but then But the then you think Solid Four is you, a different guy. When so. you think about Solidus and uh, oh, liquid, voices, sure. like it doesn't really make sense. And then, of right. course, yeah, I mean, who is it? Richard Doyle was, so, yeah. does does him as as big boss. Um, so it just makes more sense to have Doyle or, or someone do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they could be spinning a web of lies. <laughs> I it's hard to imagine. And David Hayter, I think, recently said that he wasn't even asked to play Snake. They just like ignored him. That's very hard to 
you consider being reality. But truth is stranger than fiction, so you never know. Um, it would be a loss. It would be a worse game. That would I would be constantly reminded if they do a younger big boss who's similar in um, where he was at in. Um, I'm suddenly blanking on the the PSP game that I really liked. Uh, I'm just thinking about Pause. Was her name? What's that? What's that one? Vietnami. What's that? What's that game? You know Peace the Walker. one. That's it. Couldn't think of the name for some reason. If they have Big Boss in the the Peace Walker age range, but it's voiced by a different guy, it's just gonna feel bad and wrong. So, hopefully, they don't do that. Uh, David. Zarach, who's Papa underscore Z underscore Bear, asks me, I guess, not you, sadly, if I got to play Shovel Knight or Super Time Force at fact at PAX East. And if so, what did I think? He loved them. Yeah, I like them a lot. Those are good games. I gotta write about Super Time Force, I think, tonight, because there was news about the game that didn't really get out that I, I didn't see. They um they revamped the whole thing. The uh Nathan uh, at Cappy, the I think he's the CEO or the president of Cappy, the company that makes Super Time Force, said that the game just wasn't fun, as it turned out. They were very disappointed because people were really excited about it after PAX East last year, but then after playing it a little more, they found that the um, the time travel element... I just realized, I don't know if you know about Super Time Force, Jim. I just started talking about it as though uh, it was I'm, college. I'm, I'm relatively aware. I'll, I'll sum it up real quick. Uh, you are... It's Contra-ish. Every character has a different gun. Your colonel has two eye patches, which I guess would just make him blind. So it's kind of funny. And uh, if you die, you can reverse time a little bit, kind of like Braid, but then insert another character to come in and try to save the character who just got killed. So you see a replay of the stuff you just did um, before you died. Um, but now you're playing as another character, and if you keep your prior self from getting killed, then you get an extra guy. Which seems like a great mechanic to add to the, the Contra, Metal Slug, run-and-gun style formula, but apparently it just ruined it. Like, it, it made it really boring, and it was really easy to exploit um, towards the end. So he was worried the game was going to suck, so they just revamped the whole thing, and the, the, the time travel element is much more robust and there you can like edit almost like edit the entire level and how you want characters to jump in and out in certain areas of time uh so it's a lot more fun now and he's really enthused about it so that was exciting to see it grow like that and of course shovel knight is by sean velasco who we had on sub homes and we kind of wouldn't call us friends but he likes me enough that he tries to give me exclusives as often as possible and just he might do it like a cameo in Teenage Pokemon and stuff. So we're kind of buddies. So uh, I hope I'm not biased when I say that I think it's a really fun game. Really interesting little game. Have you seen much of it, Jim? Shovel Knight? Shovel Knight, I've seen quite a bit of. It does look exciting. Yeah? You think so? I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a try, yeah. I wasn't sure what you'd think because uh, a lot of people... I mean, instantly we're like, oh, it's just trying to buy off the retro gimmick. It just looks old for the sake of looking old to try to uh, feed off people's nostalgia. But it's, to me, much more than that. I'm I'm not sold on just straight nostalgia anymore. A lot. Of, I think I think yeah. a wise person can tell the difference. Yeah, 
between a game doing it for purely cynical reasons and guys who actually give a shit with the game they're making. Mm-hmm. And Shovel Knight looks like a game that they give a shit about making. Yeah, yeah, they're they're packing as many ideas as they can into it. And what I love about it is how many how many different things you can do with a shovel in it. Like it's a two button game, but you use the shovel to like reflect attacks, to pogo stick on enemies, to like open magical books, so you can create a new uh, terrain to go on to. Um, all sorts of crap. Non-stop new ideas with the shovel. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Smart little game. They were both fun. Now 25 more questions have come in. And a lot of people are asking about the Ouya. I don't know if there's been new Ouya news that's got everyone it's, asking about the Ouya all of a sudden. It's on the horizon. When's it coming out? I believe it's shipping, at least for early adopters, uh, at the end of this month. Whoa. Uh, possibly sooner. I mean, huh? I'm sure someone said tomorrow. <laughs> really? Um, but, yeah, I've been trying to get hold of someone to see about potentially rev- getting review units to look at. Because, huh. uh, obviously, I think people are going to be interested in seeing what it's like before buying it. Uh, but I have no idea uh, who to talk to anymore. Like, no, I've got no more... Because I was talking... I spe- I've spoken to the CEO before, but... In my in all my professionalism, I can't seem to find the contact email anymore. I think I know. Um, you know, Keely Santiago uh, did Journey and stuff like that. Mm. That game company. She's their liaison now to try to get people to develop for it, and she's going to be on Sub Holmes, I think, in June. So I got her email. I can ask for you. Maybe that'll help. I'm helping. Ah, uh, yeah. I like to help. Let's Jeez. do it, guys. <laughs> I'll write her right after this. Um, hopefully we can all get one. That'll be fun. There's some games at PAX East I saw that um, Keeley and the Ouya people have been courting to try to get them to develop for. Mercenary Kings, I think, can run on it. That's a game from Tribute Games. Crazy looking game. Oh, I used the C word. Oh, I'm such a bigot. Anyway, uh, yeah, Mercenary Kings. Do you know about that one, Jim? Mercenary Kings. Now, that one doesn't sound familiar. Animation by Paul Robertson, who did Pirate Cabana, Boy, Zombie Attack, whatever it was called. He's like, he likes sprite-based animation, but he adds so many frames of animation that it doesn't look retro to me, because they could have never done that on the old consoles. Um, and it's got a cartoony cute look but it's always something always really disgusting happens someone gets disemboweled or their brains explode or there's cannibals or something and then puppies he's always mixing like cute and gross uh he's doing the animation it's uh plays like metal slug except it's a huge rpg where you can collect over like 300 different weapons and like craft weapons but uh in terms of how it plays it's just running around slaughtering people very fast and it's got a four-player co-op online or local co-op split screen really weird that's going to be on the ouya uh, rumor has it anyway uh, legend of dungeon a married couple saw some art they really liked on reddit and then said let's make a game because that art's so good i want other people to see it so then they did a kickstarter and got all this money weirdly enough and now they're making a game called legend of dungeon where you you and four friends go in a dungeon and try to get out alive, and you usually get slaughtered. And it's pretty fun. 
that's another Ouya game, hopefully. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, Hear yeah. me be excited. You I'm heard certainly it. intrigued. I hope it. I hope it's a thing. My dream is for it to be like an Xbox Live Arcade box, which is something I always wanted Microsoft to do. Um, I was always sad about the Xbox because mine died as soon as I got it, and I always blamed that on an overheating because it has a disk drive, and 99% of the games I want to play on the Xbox are on Xbox Live Arcade anyway. So selfishly, I always wanted them to just make an Xbox Live Arcade console that would be cheap, and that's all I do on it. And they never did. Um, but ooh yeah, if it goes well, it'll be that cheap and it'll be that kind of game, and I will love it. So, feeling somewhat optimistic. Uh, CJ Melendez, Arsenic13 on uh, Twitter. You know CJ, right? Yeah, Rick, yeah, yeah. It's about horror things. He's a neat guy. He's asked a few questions. One of them is I was going to address this anyway. He wants a teenage Pokemon shirt. He couldn't find me at PAX, so he bothered cosplayers instead, he says, instead of getting a shirt. There are teenage Pokemon shirts now, guys. Uh, the gym ones aren't made yet. There's no Ditto shirts yet. There's just Pikachu shirts, and I think there's about 17 or 15 of them. Uh, limited edition, they're hand-numbered. They were supposed to be with me at PAX, but they got late in the mail, so I just got them yesterday. Here's what I think I'm going to do. And tell me what you think of this idea, Jim. I'm going to sell them for $20 in the United States, shipping and handling included, just $20, which seems like a lot for a shirt because it's just black line art. I will also give you just a random shirt in my house, from my house, with the shirt. So it's two shirts plus just a thing from PAX that I have. I got so many things at PAX. And I will draw you a picture for $20. Is that a good deal? Hey, at that deal, I'd have to be wondering if you're about to go bankrupt. It's so great. <laughs> well, I have like a hundred of shirts and I don't want them. A lot of them I wore on the Destructoid show because I had this thing. I never wanted to wear the same shirt twice on the Destructoid show. So I'd buy at least three shirts a week when I was doing it. And that led to me, I think I, I can't remember how many episodes of that show I did, like 40. So I have 40 shirts from that. And then people just give me shirts. And then at PAX, I'll just get a bunch of shirts. And then I had shirts already. So I have like a hundred shirts. I don't mind getting rid of, yeah, I think there's only 17 of these teenage Pokemon shirts in existence. So I will do that. Email me at Jonathan at destructoid.com and I will sell you a shirt somehow if you want for $20. Good Hi. deal, Jim? Tell me if it's a bad deal, Jim. I can dig it. <laughs> Frankly, I think our listeners are such that they would pay $20 for a thing you have touched. <laughs> Some might. I don't know. I don't uh, expect to know. Well, and I'm not making enough. any... I'm not... Uh, no profit for me on the shirt. Let me reiterate that. It's the screen printer. It's Michael Jordan, who's a listener of the show, and Lindsay Collins, the uh, designer. They're going to get all the profits. I just need to pay for shipping and handling, and uh, happy to do it. Oh, that was a long talk. Sorry about that. Uh, Patty Carr asks, can you guys manage to get Danny back on the show sometime? Danny Baranowski? Oh, yeah, that would be good. 
yeah, people have been asking for him because I announced um, earlier this week that he is supplying new background music for the Jimquisition. Oh, cool. Um, as of next Monday's episode, oh, we'll wow. be taking out the old video game music and I'll instead be talking over an original piece he composed, which some people are upset because obviously they like things that stay the same and don't like changes. And uh, and it, I used a great piece of music from, from one of my favourite games um, for the past 100 episodes, well, the past 99 episodes. Um, but I've heard it. I don't think anyone's going to miss the older music. Yeah. Yeah. And we should get him back on. Absolutely. He's invited any time. He's a great guy. Uh, someone was trying to get Ken Levine on our behalf, was uh, emailing and tweeting Ken Levine, asking him to be on Podtoid. Oh, God, don't bother the poor man. I don't know how much he would enjoy We that. were in talks at one point to get him on. But on Podtoid? Or yeah, just, on Podtoid, oh, but they, they just that. kind of ended. They must uh, have heard the show. They must have, yeah. And wisely declined. I spoke to Ken recently and had a recorded conversation with him, but because of the computer problems I mentioned a while back, no record of the conversation exists anymore. Oh, and it's terrible. It was honestly heartbreaking because he and I had a essentially a bit of a debate about pre-orders, uh, in which both of us, I think, learned some things and stumped each other on a few things. Uh, and just had a really great discussion. Just respectful, but also, you know, we each had things we wanted the other to know. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And he, he revealed some awesome stuff about how pre-orders work and, and stuff. And and at the very least, I hope I can take the information and, and communicate some of it. Um, but I'm really sad that, that the actual conversation isn't around. Because it was fascinating. That stinks. Yeah. Yeah, I know the feeling well. It's painful. But um, maybe it'll lead to something better. You can only hope that now... Who knows? I want to do a Jimquisition offshoot uh, where he and I argue about things. And I want to call it, I want to call it Conversations. <laughs> that would be almost unfairly popular. Like, that would be so much better than every other show. And he wants to do things. He's an interesting guy. He he likes to be vocal. So maybe that can happen. That would be awesome. I don't know. I mean, I pitched it as a joke on Twitter. Maybe I should see if he'd be seriously interested. Yeah, you could do one episode, and then if he likes how it turns out, and uh, it's not you know every week, I mean, I, I'd guess he could only do once a month or something. But that would be something that could only make both of you more uh, endeared to your audiences in the long run so yeah i hope he does that that would be great yeah oh rats i gotta find out who's on sup homes this week so i can pitch it because i guess we should stop doing questions i guess yeah, wrap it up yeah yeah i guess so um while i figure that out jim do you know what you're doing this week i do or what you did oh tell us oh tell us i know that. uh this monday episode 99 of the gym position went up and it's Looks looking like it's my most popular episode I've ever done, um, which is also excellent because I I ran some calculations and I do believe if all the calculations are correct and I'm paid the way I think I'm paid, breaking down the numbers I worked out the average amount of viewers I get is three times the amount I thought I was getting. 
uh, which is obviously great news. Whoa. Um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm in the range of a not doing too badly video series, um, which is great news. And this looks like it's going to be more popular even than the Bud Dwyer desensitized to violence episode. Um, it's on escapistmagazine.com. You can go check it out. The episode is called The Creepy Cull of Female Protagonists. And it expands uh, somewhat on the article I wrote on Destructoid the week before about the various ways in which uh, women are being kind of hidden away out of fear that they'll scare the menfolk and things. And it's there's a whole creepy angle to it that, that I found quite shuddersome. Um, and the video looks at that and, and has a look at a few examples. Um, predominantly Capcom's Remember Me, where the developer said publishers were telling him, you can't... Uh, do a game with a female character anymore as the playable character. People don't like it, which is just weird. So He took it farther. Like, if you have a female character, she's got to be sexy. But if she kisses a guy and you feel like you're playing as the, the woman who's kissing a guy, they're going to get grossed out because they're going to feel like they're kissing a guy. <laughs> We which talk, is a nightmare. We talk about that in the video as well. Just the, <laughs> it, it'll be awkward to have a, a, a playable female um, woman character kiss a, a man. You can't make a dude kiss a dude, according to them. In the, mm -hmm. And just, really? You can have a woman be sexy, but if she initiates any of it like a human being, that's wrong. And you just keep them as alien sex meat. It's not good. You can't have alien sex meat. Um, so we talk about that. Uh, what else did I do? Also, coming up Thursday morning of this week, so tomorrow if you're listening to us on the feeds, today if you're listening to us from the Destructoid front page, uh, Movie Defense Force, my movie review series, also has a video up uh, on The Escapist. And this week I'm reviewing Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West, uh, where I... I watched it this morning, actually. I was doing this all last minute. It was actually suggested to me by Sophie Prell, uh, who used to write with us on Destructoid, and now he works with Ben over at the Penny Arcade Report, and she wanted me to do uh, Wild Wild West, and I looked into it, and Wild Wild West is a fucking good film. It's not bad. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh's fantastic in it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Will Smith does his Will Smith thing, which is entertaining. He's there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's always... I've never been a big fan of uh, that guy. Who's that guy? He also did Men in Black. Will I Smith. Remember. No, the, the writer, director. Oh, the writer, director. I don't know. Yeah, he also did um, Wild Wild West. So I had low expectations going into it. And then I watched it and I was like, I liked it. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so we do that. And then over on Destructoid... Uh, I guess the big thing is I reviewed Bioshock Infinite, mm. which I gave it a 10. I think it's the first 10 I've given since Skyrim, uh, almost, well, about a year and a half ago. Um, I gave, I got to give out no 10s during 2012. Um, that was a not a great year. Got to mm. give out plenty of 2s and 1s last year. Uh, but I'm still giving out plenty of those because I also reviewed The Walking Dead Survival Instinct. Uh, which I gave a 2 out of 10 to, uh, for Mel and Dirl is not a good game. So you can check out those reviews, Bioshock Infinite, The Walking Dead Survival Instinct, uh, and they're good, so do that. And I guess that's about it. I've also got a review coming up for Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel. Oh, which, that just came to you, right? That came to me today. 
uh, and I'm sensing I'm near the end, so I should get that completed tonight, and I'll be able to write it up tomorrow. And that's about it. That's a lot. I cannot check my email. You know about that? How you can't check your email sometimes? That's probably more specific to you because you're a weird (laughs) anti-technology mutant thing. Uh, I can't check it. I need to do a thing and another thing and I can't do it all while we do the show. So unfortunately I can't you can at least who's on. Yeah. You can at least tell us what the show is and where we can catch it. Oh, sure. Sup Holmes will be live this Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There will be someone great on it. I don't know who. It's a live stream show where we talk to people who are involved in the video game industry, mostly developers, but every once in a while we have someone else from the press, like uh, Matthew Walden was on. He wrote for Jeff Kiley. Um, we've had quite a few different people on. Last week, we had Andy Schatz on. Andy, that's an episode you might like, Jim. Andy Schatz is right up your alley. If you ever get to meet him, you should definitely talk to him. Um, he made Monaco, which won a bunch of awards in 2010. It's finally coming out. It's a multiplayer heist game where it takes from Pac-Man as kind of its root. You're, it's top-down. You're going around a maze, be it a bank or whatever you're robbing uh you have to avoid the cops which are kind of like the ghosts but every character has a different ability uh there's a hacker there's a gentleman there's uh, there the the abilities are somewhat lighthearted and silly and the game is just endlessly fun it's um won a ton of awards and he's become kind of a, a superpower in the game development world he's actually doing the keynote for gdc i think tomorrow for the Game Developers Conference, which is where Kojima is announcing all this stuff right now. Um, so that was great. That rerun should be up on iTunes, and it should be up on uh, YouTube, the Detroit TV YouTube channel. I will post all that stuff on Destructoid tonight. Also on YouTube and on Destructoid is the interviews I did from PAX East. We talked to Jules Watcham, who is doing Cult County on the 3DS, a new... He told me uh, that it's if you like Dementium, then you'll love Cult County, but Cult County is going to be much better. So that's fun. He also did Mutant Muds. We talked to uh, Ridiculous Fishings, Rami Ismiel. We talked to um, the guy who made Shovel Knight. We talked to the guy who made Mercenary Kings. We talked to so many people. Um, and all those are on YouTube right now. Short little interviews in a series called Talk Fast. And hopefully there'll be like 20 more of those posted over the next week or so. Uh, we shot a lot of that. And I think that's I think that's it. Nintendo Force, I wrote for that. Issue 2 of that, you can buy that right now. I reviewed some games in there. Um, I wrote some previews. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Am I, am I doing anything else, Jim? Do you remember? Dying this midnight. <laughs> I hope not. I got to... Oh, there is another thing. I wrote a song about a Professor Layton cosplayer. And I uh, we edited together a music video for it last night. That might be on YouTube by the time this goes up. I hope so. It's the... It's... I don't know what it is. Like, Jim, if you were to sing a song about a sexy Professor Layton cosplayer and a sexy Luke sidekick to Professor Layton cosplayer... Yeah. How, what kind of song would you sing? What, what genre? 
I would go. <laughs> that probably would have been better than what I did. For some reason, I, you know, you could have gone Barry White, like, oh, sexy Layton. Or you could have been like, oh, sexy Layton. Or anything people would expect. But instead, I sang like a melancholy. I even cry in the song. It's a crying song about a sexy Professor Layton. I don't know why I did it. Ah, I hate myself. It was a prime opportunity to make a crowd pleaser. Instead, I made another weird thing. I think it's because, you know how my life is. I didn't actually get to record the song until midnight over the course of two days. Because I had to go to my day job and do packs and edit videos, so... Everything I do sucks because I only sleep like three hours a day. Half the stuff I get to do is at midnight. Sorry. Mm. Anyway, that's uh, that's enough out of me. That's enough out of both of us. Yeah, we did good. A pair of us need to fuck right off. Uh, that's as good a time as any to actually do that. So thanks for listening, people. Bye. Bye.